it seems like these last few weeks, God's been dealing with me about a word, help. And I can't get away from it. Uh, wanted to preach on Christmas themes, again, about Bethlehem, why Bethlehem, and Lord just will not let me get to that message for whatever reason. Begin to think about help. We know that the Bible says that God is our refuge and our strength. He is a very present help in trouble. Amen. In the book of Luke, chapter 22, there's a familiar piece of scripture tonight that the Lord is dealing with me about this evening. And I pray that you would get help. If you're watching online, you'd get help. Maybe there's somebody here, you hear the message, it's going to give you help. Maybe you'd be willing to share it with somebody that they might get help as well. The book of Luke, chapter 22, we're in verse number 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, Strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. From these verses of scripture, I think the Lord wants me to preach on this thought. Help for the sifted. Help for the sifted. Father, I thank you for the privilege of gathering tonight in your house. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. Thank you for your son, your spirit. Lord, would you help us tonight to preach? Lord, would you help somebody? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I ask you a question Have you ever been sifted? There was a man one time that was shipwrecked, and he made it by the grace of God to an uninhabited island. And to protect himself against all the elements and to safeguard the very few possessions that he had salvaged, he built a little hut to which he constantly and prayerfully scanned the horizon for the approach of a ship. He longed every day. One evening he was out searching for food and as he was coming back, he was terrified to see that for some reason his hut had caught on fire, completely enveloped in flames. And yet by divine mercy, this affliction was changed into a mighty advantage because there he was in the middle of sobbing about losing everything. The next morning when he awoke, there was a ship that was anchored off that island and the captain stepped ashore and said, we saw your smoke signal and we thought we would come and check it out. Everything the maroon man owned he lost and had to be destroyed before he could get rescued. Sometimes in the trials and in the adversities of life, we learn the secrets of God's love, of God's grace, and of God's forgiveness. Sometimes the difficult hardships we face, I realize that they're the attacks of the devil. But this text reveals to us that the Lord told Simon he's about to be tested. But the Lord is going to take an active part in this trial and help him overcome it. Oftentimes when I've been sifted, I've failed. I've crawled away in defeat. You may sit here tonight and say, Preacher Darren, I've, 
I've been sifted. I've, I've never been defeated. I've always come out on top. Well, I can't say that. But I've learned this, that when I've been sifted and in the middle of those ashes, when everything is burnt down around me, I can rise up and salvage what's left. What Satan attempted to destroy, God can raise back up and do even greater if you'd let him. A couple of things I want us to see from this text. Number one, our adversary will sift us. You say, Preacher Darren, he wants to sift us. No, he will sift us. The Bible says, Simon, Simon, said his name twice to get his attention. Simon, Simon, behold Satan. That's our adversary. But the Bible says in, in 1 Peter 5, 8 that we have an adversary. He is as a roaring lion who walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Okay? When you look at this situation here where he says he has desired to have you, you and I use that word desire as it's something that we want, something that, that we're after. But for the text, it means that he is demanding it. He is asking it for himself. And he says, I want to sift him. That means to crush him, to separate him, to scatter him. You, you, I remember grandmother had a sifter and uh, she would take the the husk, and she would, she would take those and beat them 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 in that sifter. And then what's caught in the sifter is the trash. It's, it's the dross. It's, it's the things that you want to throw away. And the devil, as he's sifting your life, he's wanting to show the trash and say, Ooh, look at that preacher. Ooh, look at that Christian. Ooh, look at that child of God. And look at this trash in their life. And look at the sin in their life. And he does this so he can hurt your testimony and he does this so he can hurt God. Because God loves you. And when things happen, he's trying to hurt God. May I say this tonight, that the Lord has warned Simon Peter that the enemy has desired. He is demanding. He is asking, hey, I have the right. Allow me the access to Simon Peter's life. Now, he's already done it to Judas. Verse 3. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. I looked in the text in verse 31 when he said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. Did you know the word you is plural? He's not just talking to Simon. He's wanting all the other eleven disciples. I've already got Judas I'll start with Simon Peter and I want every single one of them to come through my sifter and I'm going to show you, God, that these guys are not what they think they are. The adversary wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to ruin everything you are. He wants to wreck your influence. He wants to take away everything of value in your life. He wants to leave you with nothing but a devastated shell of who you are. And if you listen, and if you get your eyes, he wants to get your eyes off Jesus. And he'll do anything he can. He will do it if you allow him to. He'll drive a wedge between you and others. If he can, he will. He'll use whatever tactic necessary. Some of the things he used to sift us. I don't have time to preach all this. He'll sift you with doubt. I can show you scripture. He'll sift you with difficulty. He'll sift you with disappointment. He'll sift you with desire. He'll sift you with division. He'll sift you with deception. 
He'll sift you with the diagnosis of disease. He'll sift you with depression. He'll sift you with denials. He'll sift you even with death in your family. I'm just going to tell you something. If you're a Christian tonight and you're under the sound of my voice, there has been a time in your life and there will be in the future that the devil will do all he can to put you through his sifter. It is, it is hurtful, it is painful, it is crushing, and he'll do all he can to sift you just like wheat. So our adversary will sift us. Number two, our ally will secure us. I like this part. He said, Satan's desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Uh-oh, bad news. <laughs> Good news. But, I like that, I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. In your corner, you have a powerful ally. He is an undefeated, undisputed champion of all champions. Jesus said, I'm praying for all of you, but especially, the word you hear is singular, I'm praying especially for you because you're the next domino that's getting ready to fall. You're going to have the greatest fall of all of them, and I want you right now to know you're in jeopardy. You may say, Preacher Darren, uh, I don't think that I will ever experience that. May I say this right here, and you may disagree with me, but sin is not a maybe in your life. It's a given. You will sin. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter number 1, turn with me, 1 John chapter number 1 and in verse number 8. 1 John 1, 8. If we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I could read to you tonight that... Mark 14, 50 says, they all forsook him and fled. Just as much as he said, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And really he's wanting to get all of them. That very day, Mark 14, 50, they all forsook him. They all fled. They thought they'd stand with him. And every single one of them took off running. And in fact, we could read further in this chapter that Peter his uh, sifting went into outright denial of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'll just say this. Times of trials and testings and siftings, they're going to come into your life and my life. But we have someone praying for us in heaven. <laughs> Notice the word, but. Satan may have his schemes, but he doesn't have the last word. Jesus does. And just because temptation is offered to you doesn't mean you have to fall into sin. Jesus has given us everything we need to be able to come out of this victorious. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful and will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Amen. So going back to our text, verse 32, Jesus knowing all things, 
He says, I pray for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. You know what that means? He knew Simon Peter's going to fall. He knows he's going to fail. And when he does, he says, when thou art converted, in other words, when you've repented, this failure is not going to be final for you, Simon Peter. Uh, it's going to hurt you. It's going to crush you. But it's going to be the best thing that happened to you because I'm going to restore you. I'm going to be with you all the way through it. Hallelujah. Your failure does not have to define your life. I could tell you right now of people that had a failure in their life and it's defined their life. They're not able to get back up from the ashes they're in. They're living there. They're completely out of church. They have no desire to go back because it's too painful to go back to where they left. I'm just telling you, I fail every day. But there are times that Satan tries to put me in his sifter and it becomes even greater than it's ever been before. Amen. But I'm glad I have an ally that secures me that says, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Jesus has made every provision for cleansing. He said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay? So genuine faith, listen to this, genuine faith, it may falter, but it will not fail. I may fail, but faith will not fail. Right, thirdly, your actions or our actions will surprise us. When Simon Peter heard this prediction, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have thee, that he may sift thee as wheat. But I prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, when you've repented, strengthen the brethren, you're going to be restored. Simon Peter, verse number 33, look at his actions. He said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. When Simon Peter hears this prediction in typical Simon Peter style, he boasts of his love and he boasts of his undying devotion to the Lord. Lord, I'll prove my allegiance to you. I want, let me say this, never say never. Off the subject, my grandmother, God rest her soul, when she uh, was, one day she was out and, and a young man by the name of Troy, which was my grandfather, said, would you get in the car with me? I'll take you on home. And she says, listen, you went out with two of my sisters and I'm not going with you. And he said, oh, come on, you need to ride, ride home. It's been raining. I'll take you home. You want to be wet? So she said, okay. He's driving her home. And back then it didn't have bridges across creeks. You just drove through the creek. They got in the creek and the creek was arising because it had been raining like it has here. And he stopped the, the car and he said, Rhea, that was her name, said, Rhea, I want you to kiss me. He said, she said, I ain't kissing you. He said, prepare to swim. I said, what'd you do? She said, I kissed him. She said, here's what got me in trouble. She said, I had said when he dated one of my sisters, I don't like that boy. When he dated my other sister, she said, I can't stand that boy. This is one girl that will never go out with him. She married him. <laughs> Nez married for oodles and oodles of years. Let me just say this to you. Never say never. It, it is a principle that will get you into trouble. Peter forgot this. No one here tonight that I'm looking at, that I'm preaching to, no one here is above falling into the snare of the enemy. Every single one of us have the capability and the possibility. I'm just telling you that, that your, your abilities will sabotage you. And your actions will surprise you. 
Simon Peter said, Lord, I'd rather go with you to prison. Lord, I'm willing to go with you all the way into death. It's a dangerous thing to rely upon yourself because just when you think you stand, you fall. Now, what do you think Simon Peter's strong points were in his life? I mean, we're looking for strengths. We, we talked earlier, I think this morning, I mentioned that Abraham strengthened his faith, but that's where he failed. David strengthens his integrity, but that's where he failed, right? So, so the devil attacks your very strength. So what, if, 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 the, if the devil's going to sift him, where do you think it's going to be it? He is bold and courageous. Here he is with his boldness and his courage and might I say his confidence. These are the areas that he's about to be challenged in and he thinks, I got it. Now, I'm gonna, I want you to write this down. Some, a couple things I want to point out tonight. His action is going to surprise you. Look with me down here in uh, verse number verse number 40. No, let's go down to verse 35. Let's read. He said unto him, When I sent you without purse and scrip and shoes, lacked you anything? And they said nothing. Then saith he unto them, But now he that hath a purse, let him take it. Likewise his scrip, and he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say unto you that this, this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning have an end. And they said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. And he said unto them, it is enough. And he came out and went. And as he walked to the Mount of Olives, his disciples followed him also. We know that right there is when they went to sleep. Uh, he came back and he said, oh, why sleep you? Rise up. At rise and pray, lest ye enter in temptation. Scroll all the way down to verse number 47. And while he yet spake, behold a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before him and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the son of man with a kiss? When they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? Watch this. One of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. You know what he did? He had the wrong enemy. He thought, I'm going to chop the head off of the high priest's servant because he's coming at Jesus. I'm going to defend him. I'm bold. I'm courageous. I'm confident. He had the wrong enemy. The enemy was the devil. He should have been declaring war on the devil. Instead, he declared member on another man, a war on another man. May I say to you, do you have the right enemy? Is the devil your enemy or do you think it's so-and-so that's bumping their gums or so-and-so that looks at you funny? Hey, let me tell you something. His actions will surprise him because he had the wrong enemy. He also had the wrong weapon. The weapons, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Amen? But Simon Peter took a sword and, and because, listen, he meant to chop off his head but he missed and only got his ear. That's what some preachers will do when we don't know what we're doing when we're preaching the word of God. He also had the wrong energy. He was working in the strength of the flesh and you and I are to be working in the strength of the spirit. He had the wrong attitude. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of Christ. He had the wrong profession three times. He was asked, do you know, you are one of them. Do you know this man, Jesus? Three times he said, I do not know the man, Jesus Christ. And the third time he began to even swear. May I just say, you are weakest in the area of your greatest strength. You tend to let your guard down. You have the feeling, it can't happen to me. That would never happen to me. Get ready, buddy. 
That's exactly what's getting ready to happen to you. I'm talking to somebody tonight. You've been sifted. You're going through the sifting process right now. And you think, oh man, it's okay. I can handle it. The diagnosis, what's happened to the kids, what's happened in my life, what's going on around us. I can handle it. Just let the devil just keep on sifting and sifting and sifting and sifting and sifting in your life. And when you get to the end of yourself, you'll see what a mess your actions will make of your life. Your actions will surprise you. Fourthly, your advocate will strengthen you. He told Simon Peter in verse 34, I tell you that the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou, low, that thou knowest me. The adversary is pointing his finger at Simon Peter. When Simon Peter denied the Lord three times, the adversary said, ha, 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 ha. Look what I've caught in the sifter, the trash and the denials and, and the rejection. Oh, yes, I'm going to use it to hurt God. So the adversary points a finger, but the advocate stands with us. Look with me. The Bible says in verse 61, the Bible says, Verse 60, Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he spake, the cock crew, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. What about that? It did not say the Lord turned his back on Peter. See, the adversary pointed his finger and said, ooh, look at the trash, look at the sin, look at the mess he's made. And the Lord, as the advocate, looked unto him and when he looked at him, it began to break, Simon Peter. He, your advocate, what is an advocate? An advocate, preacher Dan, I think it's a lawyer. It's not a lawyer. That's wrong, that's the wrong definition. An advocate is someone who will stand with you through thick and thin. They'll stand with you every step of the way. One day when I stand before the Lord, amen, at the judgment seat of Christ, I want to say this, my Lord will stand with me. He will say, Father, this one is with me. Yes, he's made mistakes, but he is with me. I stand with him. He confessed me before me, and I'll confess him before you, Father. This one belongs to me. Your advocate will strengthen you. Your advocate will settle you. Your advocate will be there. When you have been sifted, and you feel like you failed and you said the wrong thing. Have you ever felt like you said the wrong thing? Have you ever felt like, man, I did the wrong thing right there. Man, I shouldn't have went off like that. What was I thinking? I was a, and, and you've been sifted. You've been gone through this, this testing and, and you lost it and you messed up. When the Lord looks at you, Simon Peter fell under conviction. Peter remembered, verse 61, the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. When your actions surprise you, they didn't surprise Jesus. He allowed that sifting to come. Hey, listen, the devil couldn't sift you unless the Lord says it's okay. He couldn't do nothing to you. So he says, hey, Simon, Satan's desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. I'm going to let him. But I want you to know I prayed for you that your faith fell not. And he knew it was going to. And he said, and when thou art converted, when you repent, I'm going to tell you something. He went out and he wept bitterly. 
He said, then I want you to strengthen the brethren. Preacher Darren, how can I strengthen the brethren when I've made the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life? Let's go back to our advocate. In 1 John chapter 2, turn with me there. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1, that advocate, that one that strengthens us, that one that settles us, that one that stands with us. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. Well, that's good, but my problem is I will sin. I do sin, I do it daily. Watch in 1 John 2, 1, middle of the verse. And if any man sin, we have an advocate. Someone to stand with us. An advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Woo-wee. What does that mean, the propitiation for our sins? Hey, he's the one that shed his blood that our sins might be remitted. When we mess up, we simply say, Lord, please forgive me. I've been sifted. I've messed up again. I've sinned. Oh, God, I confess to you, Lord. I turn from I repent from it. Praise God. He is our propitiation and he shed, our, shed his blood that our sins might be forgiven. And he wraps his arm around us as an advocate and says, it's okay. I forgive you. I still love you. I'm still standing with you. I, I, I love you no matter what. I love you to the end. Son, get back up. Get, get back up and get back in the fight. When the day of Pentecost came and they were, the Lord was looking for someone to stand up and preach to all the people present, you know who he chose? Peter. The very one who denied him three times was the one he didn't choose all the other. He chose Peter, the one who went out and wept bitterly, the one who was broken, the one who was crushed, the one who had been through the sifting process and the trash was separated out of his life and pointed out to try to hurt God. Look at what a mess that boy is. Woo, hallelujah. And the Lord says, Peter, I want you to stand up and preach. And when he did, 3,000 people got gloriously saved. May I say, he said, but I have prayed for thee. In the book of John chapter 17, superintendent read some scripture this morning out of John 17, and I thought, he's going to read my verses, he's going to read my verses, that boy's going to read my verses. And you know what happened? He didn't. He was all around it. But at first, in the book of John chapter 17, I want you to read how the Lord prays for you and me. And John 17, I just want to read a couple of verses here. Look at verse number 9. The Lord says, Jesus said, John 17, 9, I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. You see who he's praying for? Those that you've given me. They are yours, and I'm praying for them. Honey, praise God tonight that in the middle of your sifting, amen, Jesus has not only prayed for Simon Peter, Jesus has prayed for you. And he's prayed for me that our faith fail not. But even if it does, amen, he's able to lift us out of the ashes. Amen. Look with me a little further here in verse 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Look at the definite article, the word the. He didn't say to keep them from evil. He said to keep them from the evil. Hallelujah. I'm not just going to let the devil touch your life anytime the devil wants to, anytime the devil makes demands, anytime the devil comes asking, he only can touch you when I let him. Amen. Amen. Verse 20, neither pray I for these alone, 
but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Well, hallelujah. He is praying for you and me. He knows the worst about Simon Peter, but he also knows the best about Simon Peter. Amen. Hey, he knew he would deny him, but he also knew that he had faith in him. Amen. He saw past his weakness, past his faults, past his failures. He saw the man. So I have this question. That, 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 why did, why did the Lord allow Simon Peter to be sifted? When the devil made that demand, when he came asking, why didn't the Lord just say, no, I'm not going to let you do that to him. He could have stopped it. He's God. Why did he let him sift him? Well, a sifter works two ways. The sifter sifts out the impurities, the trash, the dross, the things that shouldn't be there. And the devil says, aha, look at the trash, look at the, look, look at the things he said, the way he acts, aha, 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 that's your child. What you do with that then, it's when Simon Peter went out and wept bitterly and said, oh God, forgive me. The Lord said, give me that. And he cast it as far as the east is from the west. He cast it behind his back, never to be brought up anymore. And that sifter, when it's sifting, what falls through the sifter and into the pan is that which is good. And the Lord said, I'm going to throw that sifting stuff away now. Now we've got to the good part, amen. We've got down to the pan. We, we, we've got down to, to that grain. It, it's been broken. He's weeping. He's crying. He's defeated. He feels like, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm talking to somebody. I don't know who you are, but you've been keeping me up at night. I don't know who you are, but the Lord didn't deal with me to preach to you and to tell you. You may feel like you've made the biggest mistake. You've been sifted, preacher, dear. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm telling you, if you'll come to him, He'll throw that sifting business away and in the pan is the good part. When thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. You know what you can strengthen people with? The word of God. You've got the good seed of the word of God. Now we can bake bread. Set on bread, amen. And now we can have fellowship as we feast from the table of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to say this in, in closing. Do you know how an Eskimo kills a wolf? Does anybody know? An Eskimo, he, he, he'll take a, a knife, the blade of it, and he'll put animal blood on it, and he allows it to freeze. And then he, acts, he puts on another layer of blood and lets it freeze. And eventually the knife is completely concealed by blood. And he takes that knife with the blade up and he puts it out in the snow. And the wolf has a very sensitive nose. Blood is what he's after. He's looking for prey. He smells that blood and he gets to that knife and he starts lapping that frozen blood on the knife. And as he laps it and laps it and laps it, eventually... That knife blade is work, that lapping action has taken that knife blade to be sharp. And now it's cutting the wolf's very own tongue out of his own blood. He is consumed by his own blood. And eventually he'll completely kill his own self because he's out there uh, dead in the snow because he's, shit, he's, he's lost all his own blood. Now say this, sin has the same power to destroy your life. 
Sin in your life will set you up for a fall, for a defeat. But the Lord says, I prayed for you. And when you're converted, I want you to strengthen the brethren. So I want to say this to you and I'm done. Do not allow sin to devastate your life. Jesus has done everything necessary to provide a plan of salvation that works for every single one of us. And I thank God for that. But when we have times of sifting, when we have times of trials, when we have times of temptation, you know what he's done? He's prayed for you. It's, it, it, listen, that's altogether different than the church is praying for you. Many times somebody will call me, text me, preach it, I'm going through this, and I'll say, I'm praying for you right now, I'm praying for you. Hey, that's good. But you know what's better? <laughs> it's to know that we have an advocate with the Father sitting on the right side, right hand side of the throne of God where Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for us. He's praying for us even right now as this sifting process is taking place. There, listen, he wants to help you tonight. He wants to help you. I want to ask you to stand. I'm done. He wants to help you. I wonder, maybe there's somebody here. You you feel like, preacher, I feel like there's been some sifting going on. We're not, I don't want any music. No music. No music. No, Preacher Aaron, I feel like the Lord has put me through some sifting. There, maybe I'm starting to see why my prayer requests aren't getting answered right now. And maybe I'm going through this process of sifting and I'm not exactly handling it real well. And I want to go to that altar and say, oh, Lord, thank you for praying for me. Thank you, Lord, for you're going to bring me through this. And maybe there's somebody comes out. Remember, Lord, I said the worst thing. I've acted the worst, and you was there for me. I wonder if there's somebody not. You'd come to the altar and say, Lord, I want to thank you. You allowed the sifting to take place in my life because it threw away the dross and it got the good stuff, the good stuff that can be worked with in my life. There's somebody. Thank y'all for coming. Thank y'all for coming. I'm telling you, somebody, man, you've been working me over, praying for you. Do what you need to do. And I want to say this, if you're here and you're like, oh, no, I don't even know about this sifting. What if the Lord has had me come here tonight to preach to you to warn you that the sifting is about to take place? Are you prepared for the sifting? He warned Simon, 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 Satan hath desired to have you. So tonight, maybe this a warning to somebody that the devil is demanding. He's after you. What if he's after our church? What well, is after our testimony or our witness? Honey, I'm telling you, we ought to pray and seek God's face. Oh, God, tonight, you've warned us. Lord, you've helped us. God, you've showed us in the word. When you said to Simon, Simon, Satan's desired to have you, Lord. Maybe there's somebody here tonight. Maybe it's our whole church. Maybe it's the pastor. Maybe it's a preacher. Maybe it's a deacon. Maybe it's a choir member. Maybe it's a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it's a one-way leader. Lord, maybe it's someone who's a prayer warrior in the church, God. They're faithful servants of God. Lord, tonight, there's no doubt in my mind, no doubt, that the enemy is after someone tonight. And the Lord is going to allow, and maybe it's going on right now, the sifting of a diagnosis, sifting through disappointment, sifting through deception. You've been tricked by someone that said that they were your friend and they were never your friend at all. And it's crushed you and it's destroyed you and it's brought you to your knees because what you thought was true was not true. And the Lord's allowed the sifting process to show you and you feel like such a fool. 
God's going to take that foolishness and throw that away. And what good has been left behind is going to be used for his glory to strengthen others with a good testimony. Lord, the devil really messed up when he decided he was going to try to sift Simon Peter. He thought he would get him and defeat him like Judas, but Judas wouldn't repent. Judas wouldn't went out and weep bitterly. He wouldn't get right with God. Lord, tonight if there's somebody here under the sound of my voice, God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to, to, to bear up during this sifting process and to know that you've allowed it for your glory. You've allowed it for our good. Help us then, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.